Let's pray before we consider the Word of God. Our Father, you are the God who spoke and the whole of the cosmos came into being. And you spoke again in the person of the Lord Jesus. And you continue to speak to us today. We give you thanks for your word written. We have done this so many times before. We have gathered countless times to read and consider your word. Pray that this morning we won't take it for granted, but realize that this is an awesome thing that we do. We pray, we dare to pray that you, God, will speak to us through your word. And that having spoken, we will have ears to hear and the courage to do what you ask, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm very thankful for what was a very happy and secure upbringing, now that I look back on it. I'm one of five boys, um, uh, born to my mom and dad, and we remain to this day very close. And the older I get, the more I realize how precious that was, and that upbringing was, and, and remains. Now, we didn't have a great deal of wealth in our family, but it was a happy home. And reading this Psalm 48 during the week called to mind a number of memories from my childhood that spoke to me of the security and the happiness of my family. The first thing that I remembered, and I don't know where this came from because it, it was buried quite deep, but my dad used to have a scooter with that, you know, the flat bed in it and the thing too, the front rising up and the handles. And he used to leave me to school on a scooter. And I would stand in the front and hold on while he, was, he would steer. And I would be surrounded on that scooter by his arms and by standing between both his legs. And I would be facing a big long hill down to our school. And I can remember so clearly heading down that hill at the front of this bike, it felt like hundreds of miles an hour. But even though I think back now and think, you know, health and safety and child protection and all that, you shouldn't be doing this with kids, I felt entirely secure because I was with my dad. And no matter what came rushing at me from in front in the wind on that scooter, I felt secure because I was surrounded by my dad. The other memory that has been stirred in me this week in, in thinking about this psalm was of um, cold winter nights and of the times when my dad would sneak into our bedroom long after he thought we were asleep or certainly we should have been asleep and he had this old heavy herringbone patterned overcoat which he would lie over the top of me in bed as the extra cover and extra warmth. And I can still remember the weight of that overcoat on me. And I can still remember the smell of tobacco smoke from the coat itself. But that overcoat 
was symbolic to me, and its very weight was symbolic to me of security, of warmth, and of home. Two silly memories, but ones that I guess are becoming and will become more precious as I get older. Because as I get older, I recognize that life is much more complex than it was when I was a kid. Life is much more risky, much more contingent. This last week, I am one of those people who never gets ill. Like, I cannot remember the last time I spent more than a day or two ill. And this week, I've been struck down with some bug. I'm past it now, so you're okay. But I've been struck down with some kind of bug, which meant that for five or six days, I was feeling rotten. And I'm getting to that kind of age where you begin to think, hmm, I'm not going to recover from these things as quickly as I used to, like old sports injuries and so on. And I know this week, more than any week, that your health can go like that. I know from experience and the experience of friends that jobs are insecure, that your investments that you think are going to provide for you in your old age are going to be, are, are not as, as solid as they used to be. I know now as well that making a marriage work requires great deal of effort, far more than I ever imagined before married. Even innocent life can be snuffed out at the whim of a deluded bomber. Life is very insecure. Life is very precarious and we balance on an edge. Because of that, many of us understandably seek to find security in any way that we can, in all manner of things. Things that, by and large, are not meant to deliver us security and peace and stability. Whether that's our investments, whether that's our reputation, our status, our jobs, our possessions, whatever it is, we surround ourselves with things that we, we think will deliver stability. We think will protect us from the vagaries of life. Even in this week of exam results, undoubtedly there have been parents who have been understandably encouraging their children to do as well as possible in their exams because that's the way to secure a good job. And so often we find that those things don't do what it says on the tin. Psalm 48 that we read earlier, and the Proverbs as well, talk to us about security. The Proverbs said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The imagery here in the psalm is of the solidity and the strength and the invulnerability of Jerusalem. And in fact, this idea of Yahweh, of God as being the symbol of refuge and security is a common one, maybe even a foundational image in the whole of the, the Psalms. Psalm 48 is beautiful in the way that it expresses it. 
It describes the psalmist's pride in the city of Jerusalem, the most beautiful place on the whole earth. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, His holy mountain, which is beautiful in its loftiness. There it is, set up there on the mountains, and it looks magnificent. Have you ever seen a city as beautiful? This is the city of God, says the psalmist, the place where God lives. And the reason it is beautiful and the reason it is safe and secure is not just because it has good, thick walls. It is safe and secure because God lives there. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. Yes, it had all the natural benefits of of a mountain city, but the most important thing was that God lived there. And they proved how important that was in the day when the kings of the world marched against Jerusalem. When the kings of the earth joined forces and advanced together. They advanced together against God's city, the place where he lives and Look what the psalm says that they saw when they got to Jerusalem. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astounded and fled in terror. Trembling seized them there at the sight of this great city of God, the place where he dwells. The kings of the world saw a place that they wanted to plunder, But when they got there and saw it, they realized that God lived there and it terrified them. They could never assail these walls. They could never pull these walls down and so they fled in terror away from the place where God was. This was a terrifying time for the people who lived there. They had never known a threat like it They had never known all the kings of the earth lined against them. They wondered whether their walls would hold, but they did. And the kings of the earth fled not to return. And so the people gather in worship of this God. And look what they say. Look what the people saw in such contrast to what the kings of the earth saw. In verse 8, As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. The king saw only what would terrify them and send them running, but the people saw something different. As we have heard, so we have seen. Here were the people of Jerusalem who for centuries, for generations had been filled with stories from their past of the ways in which God had rescued Israel. They remembered all the great stories of Abraham and how God protected Abraham and his descendants. They remembered how God protected them in Egypt, how God brought them out of Egypt and through the great sea as the waters parted and they walked through on dry land and the Egyptian army was destroyed behind them how he protected them through the desert against all their enemies, how he fed them in the desert when they were hungry and gave them water when they were thirsty. 
how he brought them into their promised land and he destroyed all their enemies before them. Yes, they'd heard all that before. But maybe for the people of Jerusalem who had grown settled in an easy life in the city, they were only stories. Stories of the past. But now in this great rescue from the kings of the earth, now the stories they have heard become stories that they have seen as well. As we have heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure. Now the ancient stories become their stories of the ways in which God makes them secure. God gives them strong foundations and makes them last forever. As we have seen, as we have heard, so we have seen, God makes her secure forever. So the people gather in the temple to worship the great rescue they've experienced at the hand of God. Within your temple, O God, we meditate on your unfailing love. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand, it's filled with righteousness. And Mount Zion rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments. After the great rescue from their enemies, they gather in the temple to worship. They gather in the temple to sing praises to the God who makes them secure forever. And you would, wouldn't you? Out of sheer gratitude for bringing the history back to life in your day, for seeing God being your secure high tower. They gather in worship and praise and they sing so loudly that it's like his praises reach to the ends of the earth. They can be heard all over the world. God is in Jerusalem and she is safe. And as part then, finally, of this worship ceremony as they're giving thanks to God, their leaders, their priests tell them, let's go out now. Let's go out and walk round these great walls of Jerusalem. Let's hold a big procession as we sing our praises and let's walk round the walls of Jerusalem. Walk round Zion. Go round her counter towers. Consider well her ramparts. View her citadels. Walk round these walls and see the marks and scars of battle. See how these walls bore the brunt of the attacks of those kings, yet stood firm. Let's walk round them. Let's see every bullet hole, every, every bullet hole, every blast, scar, everything. so that we may tell of them to the next generation. For this is our God, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. This is a very sensory part of their worship. They are encouraged to look at the walls and view the citadels and 
See how the walls stood firm against assault. And to tell the miraculous story of their deliverance to the next generation and the one after that. To add their story of God's miraculous deliverance to the stories of the past so that they live for each succeeding generation. And by doing so, encourage each generation to name their own stories of God's deliverance. For this God is our God forever and ever. The name of the Lord is a high tower, said the Proverbs. The righteous run to it and they are safe. And here in the psalm, the righteous experience that saving, secure power of God for themselves and they tell it to the next generation. Now we could endlessly theologize about what this means. What it means when God says he is a high tower. What it means when it says God makes Jerusalem secure. But for the Jews... For the writer of the Psalms and the Proverbs, rather than theologize, they got really and truly concrete about what it meant to know God as your security, to name the name of God and thus be secure under his name. They went out round the walls. They looked at the towers and the citadels. They saw the scars of battle And they told stories about how God delivered them. Each one of you in your life, in your walk with God, some of you have been on the road a long, long time and have experienced many, many battles. And you have known the scars of war. You can still name them and number them and feel them. You have also known in those times the days and occasions when God himself has stood firm in front of you and been your high tower. When God has been within the citadel and you have been safe. The psalm, I think, encourages us to tell those stories to name those occasions, to be vocal about the real occasions when God has saved you, when God has shown himself to be your fortress. He tells us, and I think it encourages us to do this for the sake of the next generation, so that faith doesn't just become something that's locked up in the vaults of history But faith in God is something that is being proven day by day by day in the battles of life and in the insecurities of life and in the joys of life. To go out round the walls, those stories of deliverance in your past, to praise God and thank Him for them, to speak of his deliverance to those who come after you so that they will know in their turn that God can be relied on, that God can be a fortress 
and the high tower so that they will know the next generation and the one after that and beyond that this God is our God forever and ever and He will be our guide even to the end. Your stories of God's deliverance matter. More than that, your stories of God's deliverance in your life, maybe in the life of this congregation, whatever it might be, the stories of God's miraculous deliverance matter because they bring God into today and they make God live for each succeeding generation. The story of how He's a high tower. The story of how He provides security for the righteous. Let's pray together.